told a nice about the Bash Vayilach. The Ibish is telling Moshe Rabbeini, in Korvi you make a lumus, right? Call Yeshia and give him over a tzavua. And giving giving misati. The Shekin, this was already after the whole the whole Mishnah Torah where you know Moshe Rabbeini was making even very aware of what's going on. you know, after what they're, they're doing, dealing with the Zura. So the interesting Drush from Soifer, something very interesting, he said, the Iker Chiva, when a person wants to do Chiva, right? Right before Rosh Hashanah. Everyone wants to do Chiva. Everyone wants to be close to Hashem again. He said, the main part of Chiva is, Lazav Hachet, Valakar, Roya, Saor, Medibayni. The biggest part of Chiva is not doing bad things anymore. Doing Chiva means going away from what was no good. The Iker Chiva is not when a person sits in Mismedish and starts saying to them, he starts doing mass and toivim. And he's just uh, giving more tzedakah and being, being a better person. If you don't stop doing the things that are no good, that's not called shiva. The main shiva is stopping to do what's no good. And he said, people confuse it. They keep on doing what wasn't good, but they just do more good things and they feel like a better person because of it. He said, yeah, that's why it seems that... Um, it seems that even after the Yidin are aware that they, would, that they were doing the wrong thing, the Irish is still going to punish them by, by, by hiding from them. So what, what, it seems that if they know they're doing the wrong thing, what, what's the problem? Said, the problem is that very often people want to do a lot of good things, but they didn't yet leave go of the Avedizura. They didn't yet leave go of the things they shouldn't be doing. The, the, they, they think that the problem is the Kabe Kirbi. They think that the problem is that I'm not thinking enough about Shavisa, Shem Nekdi Sumat. They think the problem is that I'm not enough dedicated to Hashem. I have to do more good things. And that's why Mutsuini Ru is why they don't realize that that's not what it is. No, no, he asked us to put a kipuna de machairem. Because they're serving the Zura. They didn't stop that yet. People could think that, you know, I, I must not be doing enough good things. He says, no, I'm just telling you that the Ruiz, Rabbis, Vitsuras are coming from not letting go of the bad things. Kipuna de machairem. And this is a, a very big lesson, aside, of course, from the simple lesson in Avitz Hashem, you know, that when it comes to doing things better, it's not only about taking upon ourselves new resolutions in terms of uh, who to send a nice Shabbos package to and who to call up and give some time, but in terms of doing some kind of accounting and, and stopping to do what's no good. But what I wanted to apply it over here to, and be mentioning two questions today, um, is the idea that sometimes people are doing things that are hurting a relationship, and they could talk about it, they could acknowledge it, they could think that they're covering for it by, by, being, by being nice somewhere else. And, and as long as this problem is here, it's a problem. There's a lot of personal work that needs to be done when it comes to interpersonal relationships. So if you're hurting someone or, or screaming at someone or doing something wrong to someone, and you say, you know what, I'll buy you flowers. It's nice to buy flowers. It's very nice. And it could do a, a lot of good. But if you're not stopping that, that unhealthy negative pattern, then you could be having a big problem over here. So, so that's just the introduction. Okay, so let me let me just read two questions over here, and they happen to have come in pretty close to each other because I saw they were I think one after the next. Um, hello and thank you for your practical and meaningful classes on Torah and time. Your time and effort is greatly appreciated by me as well as many others, I'm sure. Okay, thank you very much. I have what I believe is a very unique question. So for those of you who listen to me long enough, know that if I would feel it's really unique, I wouldn't be um, repeating it in public or addressing it in public. So 
But, you know, everyone, everyone feels that this situation is unique. I married for X years, despite the fact that my personality is not very conducive to marriage. I'm a very closed person, and I'm very cautious of relationships. In addition, I get easily queasy and repulsed by little things. For example, when somebody eats with their mouth open or they breathe loudly. Well, I'm not sure if it's possible to address this issue. I'd appreciate it if you could advise me on how to assure my husband that it's not his problem or fault when he blames himself for lack of conversation, my lack of interest in him, or the general lack of connection in our marriage. When I try to tell him that it's not his fault, and it's, I guess, my fault for not having a personality conducive to marriage, he brushes it off and tells me to stop blaming myself. Your advice would be greatly appreciated. Okay, that's one. Next, next, a different writer. Good afternoon, I'm a big fan of your classes. I follow them on Torah anytime very avidly. I appreciate your insight tremendously and I've learned very much from your speeches. I've also emailed you before with questions and appreciated having them addressed in the shir. Okay, thank you so much for the feedback. So now to the question. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. I'm very grateful that my husband and I are very happy. I respect him tremendously and really just appreciate everything about him. The thing is I get stressed easily and I have a hard time dealing with it which ends up creating really unpleasant situations. The rest of the time, things are great, sometimes for days and sometimes for weeks. But then something ends up coming up, I get upset, he's upset that I got upset, I feel bad, etc. I am aware that most of the issues that come up are really my fault, and I try to apologize as much as possible whenever I'm upset, whenever I upset my husband. But now my husband says he wants to go for help, because he can't handle it when I have outbursts. I never mean to hurt him, and I understand why he can't put up with it. The question is, I really don't think that couple help would help the situation, it's probably just my issue. Also, I am really working very hard on myself, and to me, I'm seeing and feeling improvement. I know my issues, and it's just that it's a very hard thing for me. Is this something we should be addressing as a couple, and etc., whatever it was that was personal um, to me? Thank you in advance. So, like I said before, if it would be unique, then I wouldn't address it. What do I mean not unique? The fact that somebody feels that they have a problem, right? My personality is not conducive to marriage. I get nervous at people, I have outbursts, I lose my temper, um, I have low tolerance. When somebody understands that part and, and it's causing a problem in my relationship, I mean, it's not so unique. Maybe it's unique that somebody should be that self-critical and be so self-aware, but, it, but it's, not so, it's not so unique. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, the first question that we ever addressed in such a shir, uh, the question-answer series, last year, Bereshis, was about a husband who was complaining about his wife being very closed and not being able to communicate with her. So there you go, it's not so unique. Um, one more thing that I just want to throw out there, and that is that maybe this is the part that, some, that this letter writer thought was unique. Um, I get easily queasy and repulsed by little things, like when somebody eats with their mouth open or breathes loudly. Uh, again, that's not so unique. There's something that's called misophonia. Now, when I say called, I'm not going to go into how much I, I believe in the term or not, but misophonia is defined as a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or psychological responses that some might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. Those who have misophonia might describe it as when a sound drives you crazy. The reactions can range from anger and annoyance to panic and the need to flee. Okay, thank you Google um, for that uh, definition. So the, the idea is that there are people, and again, it can be part of a much bigger package of low tolerance to a lot of different things, a lot of sensory issues, but there is such a thing called misophonia, where people get very triggered and very nervous by certain sounds or certain whatever it may be. And yeah, some people, some people suffer from that, let's call it. Um, so back to this. When somebody is self-aware and self-critical and they see that, you know, I have a problem and my relationship is my problem. I mean, part of it is good, okay? If somebody could be somewhat self-aware and know how to be self-critical and say, you know what, I could show you where I have shortcomings and where, where my problem is causing a problem in a relationship, that's wonderful. There are people that can't do that. 
There are people that cannot look at themselves and say, I'll tell you where I'm going wrong. I'll tell you where I contributed to a problem. There are people that can't say that. Unfortunately, to a large percent, and I don't know, you're talking about two letter writers, I don't know them personally at all. Um, part of me makes me think about different parts of the letter that might be um, in, in this category, but very often, a big percent of people who are self-critical are the ones that should be less self-critical. In other words, a lot of times you have the person who's more responsible for a problem and sees their part in it less. Right? I have a class in Torrington called the victim and the perpetrator. Very often the one who's more victim is really more perpetrator and the one who's more perpetrator is really more victim. So it's sad to see that when you know, being self-critical and self-aware is so important for, for an interpersonal relationship and very often it's, it's mamish fadrait. The person who should be more self-critical is less self-critical and the one who shouldn't be is blaming himself for everything. Just this week, this past week I was sitting with somebody who, you know, starts off with, with a whole problem in the Shalom bias, and he said, you know, I'll tell you how my wife sees it. I said, why don't you tell me how you see it? No, because I'm afraid that she's really right. Now, it's nice to be able to have that perspective and share both sides of a story very, you know, uh, very equally and be aware of it, right? And, and have that uh, objective perspective where you could see the different sides of a coin even if you feel one way. But sometimes people go to an extreme and they start becoming devil's advocate and start only understanding their wife's situation and just putting themselves down and that's no good. So, back to this. It's important to be self-aware and self-critical, and unfortunately, sometimes it's the wrong people that, uh, that do it. Um, and it just goes to show how subjective we are, and sometimes you just have to run off somebody else who can listen to you and, and give you objective feedback, because you might not be seeing it the right way. You might not be seeing your, um, where you are to blame, you might not be seeing the right way. And, and the same thing is the other way around, where, you, where you're too much, uh, you're too self-critical. In any case... There is such a thing where it's legitimate. And somebody says, you know, I see that I'm not doing the right thing. Um, and I told my husband I'm not doing the right thing. I told him it's not his fault. I told him I shouldn't be having outbursts. And, and, and he's not happy with that. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not going into the specific situations in these letters because I have a lot to say about the specifics between the lines. But I want to talk about the idea. I told my husband that it's not his fault, it's mine. I know I shouldn't be doing these things. And he's either brushing it off or he's, he still wants to go for help, even though I said I'm open to it. Now... It comes a point where, yes, you should apologize when you do something wrong. You should own up and admit that you're doing something wrong. But then what? But then what? Is that enough? In other words, the fact that you said you did something wrong, and the fact you admitted it, and you're self-aware, and you're self-critical, but then what? It's a good first step. And some people, unfortunately, don't even take that first step. And they don't see where they're part of a problem at all. That, that's terrible. But if somebody did that, and they see that either it's not being taken well, or it's not enough, or it's not helping the situation, it might be time to go further. Now, the, the tricky part is that his, you know, when I talk to other people, in other words, when, when somebody would write to me, uh, my spouse uh, screams at me, and then, and then she says she's sorry, and she knows she has to work on herself. My advice often is to say, thank you so much. I appreciate that you apologized. And you should appreciate it. Well, I don't, I don't need her apology. I just need her to change. You, you do need her apology. And when somebody apologizes, you should, you should accept it. The first thing you need, the first thing that, that's appropriate is to say, I'm sorry. And somebody can't say, I'm sorry. They have a bigger problem. And somebody does say, I'm sorry, you take it. Well, that's not what I need. I know it's not what you need, but you should still accept it. But not to the other person. To the person who said, I said I'm sorry. And either my spouse doesn't accept it, or he doesn't think that things are better, or whatever it is. Saying I'm sorry is not enough. It's a good first step. It really is a good first step. And I, I, I talk about this often. I was, I was involved in a situation where I was telling a, a, a roof, a therapist, whoever it was, dealing, and I said, you know, I understand what just went on. Thank you for reporting to me a certain situation. I'll make sure that the person who did something wrong will apologize. He said, no, it's not good to apologize. What's an apology? No, the first thing is always the apology. And it should be accepted. But then you have to go on. It's not enough to apologize. And that's, that's very, that's very um, 
it's very, it's very important. And sometimes it even unnerves someone to a point where they feel stop apologizing, change the attitude, do something about it. Now, I keep on jumping back and forth. It's hard to do something about it. I know. It's a personal difficulty. It could be a personality issue. It could be something that grates on your nerves. It could be you have low tolerance. It could be it takes a long time to improve. It could be working on yourself. But you still have to do something about it. And, and this is the juggle because very often people have certain flaws or short, shortcomings or, or chesroinus or bad middles or whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. And it's a personal issue. You're, 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 you're inflexible. You have low tolerance. You don't know how to connect with other people. You're selfish. Okay. As long as you're not in a relationship you're not with other people, you're a teenager in school, or you're a man on an island, or you're an older single, okay, so you have a lot of flaws, you want to work on yourself, you work on yourself, you want to take out a, a Shara Shiva, or a Sadiqim, and, and work on yourself, beautiful, you don't want to, eh, don't, you know, that's between you and Hashem, when you get married, and now you're in an interpersonal relationship, your personal problems are becoming interpersonal problems, it's becoming a problem, it's not enough to say, it's my problem, I'll deal with it when I want to, I don't want to, no, it's causing a problem in the relationship, it's working against you, you can't bring your problems into a relationship and hope that they'll be tolerated. You're, you're causing a disruption in a relationship. Now, so it comes a point where if you want to be happily married, you want to be a Yiddish mama, Yiddish tata, and shtalof mishpucha, you might have you might have to do some more work on yourself. There's not someone. There's not something someone could demand of you to work on yourself. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that's easy at all. It's not easy at all. And there's something I mentioned lately a few times in my training courses. One of the first things I, I teach people that want to help other people is that it's much easier to help someone tolerate someone else's problems or work on someone else's problems or understand someone else's problems than to understand their own. And it's for a few reasons. People are, are, are more open to hearing that someone else has a difficulty. In other words, it's easy for me to tell you that your spouse has a difficulty, so you can either tolerate or, or learn how to deal with it, because yeah, that person's crazy, right? You see that, we agree on it. Okay, I'll, tell you, I'll teach you how to deal with a crazy person. And to tell someone, and you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but I think you're a little nuts. You're a little, you're a little off. Um, you have, you have big shortcomings. I don't know how your spouse, how your spouse tolerates you. People aren't ready to hear it. People just aren't ready to hear it. So it's easier to help someone understand the other person's problem and work with it, than, than to show them their own problem. But then there's more to it. Working on, on on dealing with another person's problem is easier. The work is actually easier. For me to understand that the person I'm near is selfish. And the way to help this selfish person take me seriously is by wording things differently or by giving more appreciation. I could deal with that. Working on my own problem, it's, it's much more internal. It's much more uh, difficult. It takes a lot more energy. It takes a lot more honesty. It takes a lot more integrity. It takes a lot more self-awareness. It takes a lot. You know, it takes a lot. So, so instead of focusing on helping the person you're sitting with um, perfect themselves and get frustrated and try and not have it acknowledged enough and, and see it's not getting them anywhere, it's easier to focus on someone else's problems. But... When it comes to saying a shir, and we're being open, and we're talking to people, and teaching people, trying to teach people, trying to teach myself, to be more self-aware and self-critical, you know, it's important to understand that, yeah, in order to be happily married, you might have to work on yourself. So saying you're sorry, and telling someone, it's not your fault, it's mine, where does that get you? It only gets you so far. You, you, you might have to see whatever you could do. I don't know. Maybe you could talk to someone. Maybe you could read a book. Maybe you could meditate. Maybe you could learn some misr. Maybe I, I, there are a lot of things you could do. And you could talk to someone about, what could I do to help myself? But if you don't do something about it, then sometimes it's understandable that the other person's getting very nervous from all your apologies and all your... Uh, but I'm working on myself. Well, well, nobody's noticing it. Recently I heard this from somebody else who was complaining. You know what work I'm putting in? You know how much I'm working on myself? And, and, and my spouse tells me nothing changed. 
again, you could be right and, and your spouse could be wrong. But when you work on yourself and it's not being noticed, then in, in other words, that person is still uh, suffering or struggling with the same difficulty as before you started the, the major work. <laughs> you know, it has to be there. Uh, of course, between you and Hashem, all the work you put in is wonderful. And Hashem will, will reward you for everything, every part of every piece of effort. When it comes to I didn't mean to, and it was unintentional, and I'm trying. It's, 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 it's a lot, and it should, be, it should not be taken for granted. And when somebody tells you they're working on themselves, you should, you should tell them, wow, I'm proud of you, and I appreciate it. But at the end of the day, it boils down to what someone's really feeling. So all that is very important to, um, to think about. Now, with the right amount of self-awareness, the work does become easier when somebody's not self-aware and self-critical, and, and they're always going to blame someone else. They can't even put in the work. When you understand your issues, you could write it down, you could make yourself some gold, you could, you know, there's ways to work. So the first step of being self-critical or self-aware when it's legitimate and healthy and not, and not unhealthy is definitely the first step in the right direction and I commend anyone who's willing to say, you know what, this is where I have to work on myself. That's for sure. Um, when somebody tells you, and this is just for the other writer, my husband wants me to go for help together with him, very often that person wants you to go to someone because they don't think that you understood them and they want someone else to explain it to you. Very often when you tell them, I understand you, and I can repeat it to you, and I, I don't need anyone else to tell it to me, and I'm not going to work on myself. Very often you won't need that kind of, that kind of uh, couple help. Very many of those sessions where people want to go together, it's not because that's where you do work, and where you help someone help themselves. It's because that's where you put things on the table, and that person will show you. So very often you could avoid that by being honest and open and stop debating and arguing, and give someone the, the feeling that they need to have someone else just put it in your face, and tell it to you the way it is. So that's also something that the right amount of self-awareness could definitely avoid. But but back to one of my, my first points over here, and that was really the Samsoifer as well. What does Chiva mean? Chiva means stopping to do something. And I wrote this in an uh, essay recently, for those of you who see my essays, my weekly essays I sent out, I think it was last week's essay actually. A lot of people preface um, a certain difficulty they have by, I know this is my problem. Right? For example, I'll complain, let, let's say, just give you an example, I'll complain, I'll, I'll complain to Machanach uh, about my child, right? My child doesn't like to learn, and he doesn't have any, any, any he doesn't have any nerve to sit with the Gemurah, and Chaz what he's supposed to. Now, I know, I know I should be learning with more. I know I don't have the patience, I know I'm not, I'm not present, I'm very busy in my business, but, but I wish he would have more. What happens is, the person very often will, will self, self-criticize himself, right? He'll, he'll bring out his own fault or part of a problem, and like that, he's, he's like, okay, so, so we put that, we dealt with that already, okay? So you don't have to tell me that I'm not present. Now, now let's talk about my kid. Or somebody will complain to me, my, the, the house is flying, my wife doesn't take care of things. I'll be honest with you, I, I don't come home and I don't help, but it's because I'm busy, it's because of the kids, because of that. Or I used to, now I can't anymore, but I, I wish somebody could help her just, just get things together. Now, very often what happens is if you leave out the introduction and just say, my wife, the house is flying, what happens? Somebody asks you, are you there to help your wife? No, I can't help her, whatever. Oh, but by the time the person asked you, that already shifted focus, and, and hmm, maybe she'd be there more, things would be easier, right? She's trying to do bedtime, she's cooking supper, or I don't know what she's doing. And that's why some people, people sometimes people are tempted to first um, 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 self-blame, and then, you know, automatically, I don't need you to tell it to me anymore. Now we can talk about something else. And people do this between themselves also. You know, like, um, I, I know it's my issue, I, I know I lose my temper, but, but, but please don't uh, talk to me like that. What do you mean you know you lose your temper, but? There's no but. You lose your temper... That means you, you, you have a temper problem. You have an anger management problem. Now, you, you want me to not do something? You can tell me what you want me to do. But, but please be aware that you have a, an anger problem. Right? So, and I'll let it make a mistake. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you, could, you can now justify um, um, losing your temper. What I mean to bring out is not just that people shouldn't do it. It's that sometimes people think that because they're aware of their issue or admitted to an issue, that justifies a certain resistance to 
going for help or a certain resistance to um, actually doing things differently or a certain resistance to now being the cause of the problem because I already said I'm... It's very important. I've seen people who are very diplomatic and very shrewd and they know to always... They don't need you to tell them their problem. I know I have my problems. And automatically it's like, so now you can tell me I'm doing something wrong. And it, it doesn't help anyone. So the main, the main message I'm trying to bring out is that, yeah, it's nice to be self-critical and self-aware. And sometimes it's inappropriate. And sometimes you are not to blame. Sometimes you're not to blame. So sometimes people tell me, I know it's all my problem. It might not be. I'm not saying that because you think it is or because you're ready to say it is that it is. Like I said before, very many people do that in the wrong place. And they blame themselves long before they should. And it would be better if they talk to someone and figure out how to deal with something that's really not their problem. Very often. But if something is, then don't think that by saying it or admitting to it, you change things. I'll, I'll, I'll add one more point over there. And that's where people like to identify with a problem. I probably quoted this before. Odom Gudel, he once said it in a shi or something about people identifying with a problem. You'll ask someone, uh, why do you get up late in the morning? Oh, as I've been here, I've been a spater aufsteier, right? To, to translate that, I, I, I get up late, basically. It doesn't sound so good in English, but I'm, I'm a person who gets up late. He's not saying it's hard for me to get up because that, he knows it's hard and he knows that he should be getting up anyway. He identifies as, I'm that kind of guy, right? Why do you scream at your kid? Oh, I have this, I have this uh, temper issue. It's, it's from when I was a little kid. It's in the family, right? My, my grandma from Auschwitz. You know, when you try to identify with a problem, it doesn't change anything. The problem remains a problem. Now, I know that when you identify with it, you might mean to say that it's very hard to change. You might mean to say that, that um, you, you've been working on it a long time and it's not changing, but it doesn't become okay. If somebody tells you, how come you're not helping this cause? Oh, for me to give out a dollar is very hard. I know it's hard, but the question remains. This cause is close to home. You should be helping out. You have the funds to do so. How come you're not helping? Identifying with the problem doesn't mean that that's the answer to the problem. And the same thing is in Shulam Bayes often. Somebody will justify a, a, a negative behavior that's rocking a relationship with that's how I am, that's how my family is, that, that's, just, that's just how I am, I'm sorry. It's, it's how you are. No, you have to work on yourself. Anyway, the point is that when people complain about other people, I often say, do what you could do. Figure out how you could help that person. Don't throw it at them. All right? The point is not to find what someone else could work on themselves or hear a she and say, oh, then my wife has to hear this. No. But if the questioners, and these questioners were saying, I have an issue, I have outbursts, or, or I, 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 I don't, I'm not talkative enough, just as an example, I, I don't connect with my husband, there's no conversation going on, and it's my fault. Well, if it's your fault, you have to do something about it. But I'm not that kind, it's hard for me to talk. I understand. Ask someone, how do I make more conversation? How do I become a little more social? Recently I was talking to someone also who was expressing something like, um, his wife is using against him that she doesn't have a social circle, because she doesn't know how to connect with people, and now it's his fault when... He's not there for her uh, more than average because she doesn't have to talk to. Again, you know, using against someone else your shortcoming instead of learning how to deal with it or learning how to build your confidence or learning how to make friends, you have to realize that, that this might be self-work. So even though this is all about personal growth and self-improvement and not about showing bias, but in relationships, that's where it comes, that, that's where it gets onto the table. You know, if you don't work on yourself or help yourself or become a little more tolerant or a little more humble or a little more I don't know what, it's going to cause a problem in your relationship. This is not a shalom bias question. To be more conducive to marriage and be a little more marriage material, you know, you might have to put in some work. And I think it, I think this depends. I think this. Um, um, I think this. This is for everyone. You know, I don't think this only relates to people who know they have a big issue or they have like a, you know very big difficulties or very difficult personalities. Everyone is all right. You want to help your own marriage. You want to help your own family. You want to help your own children. You want to live peacefully together. You always have to be aware of where you're going wrong and what you can do to make it better and just keep on trying 
We're not perfect and it takes a lot of work and we keep on trying. And you put in the right effort and the right understanding and the right energy and the right dedication to do what you could do and to help someone else do what they could do and I wish yourself we could all live together.